You're listening to a message brought to you by Christian Life Church Hereford. If you would like to find out more about us, go to www.clch.cc. Uh, for those that don't know me, my name is Tony. I'm uh, one of the leaders here at uh, Christian Life Church. And uh, it's my dear wife, Leslie, there, who will be sharing a little bit later as part of um, what we're doing this morning. Um, actually, it's interesting, isn't it? The, that statistic that uh, JP just gave, 93% of people don't lead someone to Christ. I almost felt relieved. What about you? Oh, great. I'm just part of the 93%. That'll do me. But I don't want to be that, do you? I don't want to be part of 93% that don't lead Jesus, someone to Jesus. But what I don't want to be is part of the 7%. Does that sound... What I want to be is part of the other 93%. And you know what I mean? Make that a bigger statistic that actually there's more of us leading Jesus to Christ. People to Jesus. And so in a way, what we're talking about here is, is, is part of that process. Okay, uh, which I'll come to in a minute. But what we're doing this morning is continuing our uh, deeper look into the four pillars that form the basis of the vision and the values that we hold here uh, within Christian Life Church in Hereford and, and our other sites as well, Lebster Ross and Ledbury. And um, I've um, managed to catch up on all the various preachers over the last few weeks, and um, it was, it's been great to listen to Hannah. Um, talking about God sent, oh, no, talking, talking, uh, Tim and Dree uh, sharing as well, uh, JP and Jonan and Tony. And I, I don't know, are they here? Are they here now? No, I think they're probably up serving and doing stuff. I know they're, they're around. But it was great to see them sharing, um, you know, last week. And, and, you know, you could tell they were nervous, but it was just great. They are growing. And, you know, they're putting themselves up on the plate for the challenge. And that's what God wants us all to do. So that was really good. Um, so what we're looking at this morning is to continue that whole uh, theme. So who can remember, before it goes up, the first pillar that was talked about? God-centred. Yeah, it's going to come up now with our amazing Adriano. There you go. It's not, it's not very good on here. It's the uh, thing, but God-centered. Okay, picture of the crown. Uh, then uh, the next one. Somebody else. Connect. Okay, so God-centered, and then connect, which is what Tim and Dree spoke about. Um, and then the third one that uh, JP and the others spoke on last week. Grow. Okay, so those three. And now, so we're on to our, uh, in a sense, our final pillar, as it were. Um, and who can tell me what that is going to be? Reach. Okay. Well done, guys. Ten out of ten. Brilliant. Okay. So we're looking at reach this morning. So I'm going to start with the our sort of statement, as it were, the statement of vision. So if you can put that up for us, that's brilliant. So it says this. We believe that God intends his love is to reach everyone. We are called to unconditionally love and serve the world. We are to be the hands and feet of God in Herefordshire, the nation and the world. I hope 
we are all comfortable with that statement. Because it says we. Yeah, doesn't say me, I, the leadership, the eldership. It says we believe. Think about the creed. Do we believe that is true? Yeah, that's three of you. Come on. Do we believe that? Do we believe that we are here to reach everyone with the love of Jesus Christ? Great. Do we believe that we are called to unconditionally serve the people around us? Thank you. Fantastic. Do you believe, do we believe that we are the hands and feet of Jesus on the earth right now? Right now. Right now. You, me, are the hands and the feet of Jesus. Come on. That's who we are. That's who we are. And it says, Hereford to the nation and the world. We want to, we, we don't, you know, some churches have a, have a big vision for, you know, multiplying around the world. Great. Go for it. But over the years, as time has gone on, I think, and I believe as a leadership, we felt that what we're called to be as a church, the church that multiplies in Herefordshire, okay, that, that, that sees Herefordshire touched with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's not to say we don't go beyond that, because we do. But I believe that we are mandated and called specifically to have an impact in our county. A real impact in our county. Which is why, you know, Ledbury, Ross, Lampster, they didn't exist 10 years ago. The towns did. The churches, Christian Life Church in those towns didn't exist. They do now because we see that as part of our vision. Okay. As with all our other pillars, we aspire to see this happening more and more. There's always more, yeah? Yeah, there's always more. We will never reach the point where we can say, we're there. We've done it. Let's sit back, church, and relax. Let's put our feet up. Because it's all done. The work is finished. We can never say that. That's never a position that you can be in. Now, Paul, one of the greatest, one of the greatest exponents of reach, he said this about himself. He said this, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. But I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Let all who are spiritually mature, agree on these things. If you disagree at some point, or on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. I like that bit. In other words, 
No, 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 don't come to me and say it's wrong. Just go to the boss. He'll sort you out, okay, because I know I'm right. That's what Bacon Paul was saying. But his heart was, everything I've done, I'm never, there's never, it's never, in a sense, it's never enough. It's always more. I'm pressing on continuously to gain everything that I can for Christ. And that should be what spurs us on as people. That there's always more. Okay? Each of us to run the race set before us. And that means being more God-centered. Let's break hands. Thank you, Chad. Lovely. All right? Being God-centered. Being more connected with each other. See, these things don't, they're not in isolation. You can't just sort of, oh, it's me and God, that's it. No, no, it's me and God and it's us. It's me and God and the church. We've got to be connected together. We've got to continue to fight for that. Because disunity is one of the biggest enemies we have in the church. We have to fight for that. We have to fight for unity. And it's hard at times. We have to grow in our maturity together, connected with each other. And so when it comes to reach, what is it we are looking for? So this is the next part of the, uh, our statement, as it were. It says this. Again, we. Notice the we. So this is something for us to lay hold of together. It's not just a statement we just randomly put out and think, yeah, I know. We seek a church significant both in size and influence. A church that reaches out to the local community and beyond in practical ways, spreading the good news of Jesus and growing through the addition of new Christians. We see this church sending out missionaries locally, nationally, and internationally, as we've done with Blake, as we welcomed him back, as well as planting and growing new churches. We cannot stand still. And as Tim said previously, we seek. We initially put we see. That's not to say we don't see, but it means there's always more. We seek. We are continuously pushing on, pressing in, in order to see our mandate fulfilled. And we are seeing it. There are many examples of people who are reaching out who are touching the lives of others, and you're all sat in front of me right now. You know, JP said that, uh, this, you know, when he first, this morning, you know, when he was saying, you know, this is good. This is good. Look around you. This is good. You are good. You are, amen. Yeah, you are. You are the ones that are reaching. But there's always more. There's always more. You are the hands and feet of Jesus in your homes, with your families, with your friends, at the school gate, in your colleges, in the schools, in your places of work, in your local communities, wherever you serve. Is that me or is that something else? Anyway, I'll carry on. Now on a personal level, I just want to sort of get a bit personal for now. 
This is the journey that Leslie and I have been on um, and are on right now. For many years, as many of you may know, um, we were teachers in secondary school. Uh, I had a previous career for 20 years in financial services before that, and Leslie was bringing up uh, our three boys. But our main focus in the last sort of 20 years has been our teaching role. Okay? And that's been perhaps where our main influence has been in terms of our reach, with the, working with the children, working with the staff around us, and trying to be a witness where we are. Okay? Um, but outside of the workplace, we've reached out in other ways. Just some examples of some of the stuff we've done. Um, been on mission trips to Malawi many years ago. We went to Malawi and connected in the church there. We went to Belgium, to Germany, to Brazil. We went out, I remember going out on the streets in Herefordshire with an outreach trailer. Who remembers the outreach trailer? Huge, great trailer that we used to take to the centre of various towns and places. And even we used to have the kids going up there and doing dance. And we used to do music and we used to do all sorts of outreach stuff. We had a guy, who used to, Don, who used to do the mime thing. And all that sort of paint his face up and everything else. We went out and did that on the streets. So we've done sort of that sort of street work, as it were. Leslie and I set up the holiday clubs that now, um, you know, we, we occasionally have. We started the light party that we now have, the anti-Halloween thing. So we've done all of that sort of stuff um, in the past. Um, Leslie set, helped to set up rainbows back in the day. We worked with Acts 2. Acts 2. Who remembers Acts 2? Yeah, Acts 2. A Christian team in schools. Acts 2. Okay? We used to go to primary and secondary schools. Um, before I was a teacher. And we used to go in there and we used to do assemblies. Yeah, the kids take part. And it was just, you know, it was outreach. It was getting out there. Leslie worked with a charity called Aqueduct working with um, um, girls in Pakistan to get, get them educated. So, you know, I've even worn a pink tutu in a pig costume, in a, yes, I have, in a pantomime, but thank God there are no photos, okay? Um, <laughs> but hey, funny enough, I was talking to somebody the other day who I've never, only met once, you know, and, and got to go, talking and found out that he also wore a tutu in a pantomime. So I've got a, a tutu buddy. That's great. Um, but I'm not telling you this to show how great we are. What I'm saying is that this is part of our journey. Okay? Because as many of you now know, we're retired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But retirement doesn't mean we stop. As Leslie reminds me, every time I go out for a game of golf, there's no retirement in the kingdom. Thanks. Yeah, but it's true. Retirement doesn't exist in the kingdom of God. And so, you know, um, we are, yes, we're enjoying life. We're doing stuff. We're going to the spa. Sorry. Did I mention the spa? Sorry. We're going to the spa. We're, I am playing golf. I am, you know, we are, we are able to go take holidays outside of term time <laughs> um, or during term time. It's great. But, you know, we also know that there's a purpose and a plan for what God has for us now. 
where God is taking us next, on our journey of reaching people in different ways. And so I'm going to invite Leslie now to come up, and she's just going to share a bit more about how God has developed that vision of, of our journey um, of where we are. Indeed, okay. I am. Indeed, you are. Okay. You are looking wonderful and great today. God so loves you. He's amazing. Anyway, our reach. Um, as Tony was saying, it's changed over the, the years, the decades that we've been in Christian Life Church. Um, so I'm talking about our current one. But the first thing I wanted to say is a scripture from Matthew 25 and Luke 16. And it says, if we are faithful with the little, we can be faithful and trusted with the large things. And I think that's the thing about the kingdom of God. You might think that what you're doing is little, but you know what? It gets built on by our Heavenly Father because we can be trusted and he knows that. And I know a lot of you here know that. Amen. Um, so actually I manage Revive, which is our community cafe. On a Sunday, we have a cafe area. The rest of the week, Tuesday to Friday, it becomes Revive Community Cafe. And it started off by um, a lovely lady called Lynn Pitcher from her vision to do a community shop and then a cafe. She, unfortunately, is no longer with us. She's with our Heavenly Father. But she did the groundwork to some extent. That, that was the start of her vision. And we're just carrying it on. That's all part of the kingdom. Okay. So this is just really a testimony of how I came to be managing it, which um, is quite interesting, really. So... In May 2021, I think it was, um, Lynn had, was going to retire at the end of the August. And so her job, job role for managing the cafe was written up and put out there. I, at the same time, was handing in my notice to White Cross, where I taught secondary um, food, textiles, health and social care. And I'd been there for 20 years. But I really felt, yeah, that's... That's me done with teaching. There's other stuff to be doing. So I was handing in my notice, and everybody said to me, what are you going to do? What are you going to be doing? And do you know what God said for me to do? He said, do nothing. Okay. God said, do nothing. All right, then. I can do that. Hear God. Obey. But he did give me a little image, a little picture and that's generally how I operate um, when God's speaking to me. And it was a blank page. And it was like a scribe's pen from a reed. But he said he was going to draw on it. And that really impressed me. And I'm thinking, I need to look at this more. Because God hasn't given me this just, just to think about it, but to do something with it. So when I started to research this pen, it actually turns out that um, the the sort of um, scribes, the priests, as they were going to write, they actually made their own pens. They would get reeds and they would soak them in water first. If you've been Christian long enough, you know where I'm going with this, don't you? So their reeds would be soaked in water so that when they get shaped for the edges to be sharpened, they wouldn't splinter. And I just love that because God, what God was saying to me is that soak in my presence because when I come to sharpen you for what I need you to do, you won't splinter. Okay? You got that? 
Yeah, so I'm soaking, do nothing. And I recall saying to my daughter-in-law, one of my daughter-in-law's page, and she said, what are you going to do? And I said, well, this was in about May, June. I've got an idea where God's leading me. But if he is, and that's what he wants me to do, he's going to have to keep it open. Because he'd already put a little seed in about Revive and a cafe and what it could be. So I'd said, if that's what he wants me to do, he's going to have to keep it open. So a couple of weeks before I actually retired, my brother was ill. Got nothing planned, so actually I got time to do it, to sort things out. So again, God knew what was going to happen. He'd already got me sort of clear, clear the decks. Don't do too much because you're going to have other things to focus on. He is so, so good. Um, so I was soaking in his presence and sometimes waiting and doing nothing can be hard. Sometimes I want to get up and do things and I'll be doing this and the other. And then it's like, no, blank page, do nothing. Okay. Because God had other plans. It was being God-centered first and foremost. Hearing God for his will and his purposes. And having that daily relationship with him. What are you saying and obeying it? Faithful in the small, trusted with the big. During a conversation, it's probably about the October time. By this point, Lynn had actually retired. The cafe wasn't open. There were people that were looking at sort of fulfilling the position of taking it on and managing it. And it's like, that's fine. Because God, I'm doing what you told me to do. And then I had a chat with Steve. Steve's not here today, but he's now our assistant manager. And he said to me, he said, I've been, been looking and praying about this manager of, of Revive Cafe, but God just hasn't said yes. He'd spoken with Tim, he'd prayed about it, but he hadn't heard God say yes. And I, I sort of thought, oh. partly excited because I knew why. Because God has sort of put it into my heart, but to wait. But equally, it was like, oh, I know why. So I actually had a chat with him and I said, look, that's on my heart as well. I think I know why God hasn't said yes to you and explained to him. So we looked at doing it sort of together. I'd manage it, I'd head it up. And then he was assistant manager. So he's here on a Thursday and Friday generally. But it was just like, wow, I'd obeyed God, I'd waited, as he'd said. And then the fact that it wasn't filled was confirmation that that's where God wanted me to be. I know there were other people look, looked at it and were going to do it, and it was like, that's fine. Not, my, you know, not a problem to me. I'm obeying God. But it put me in the place of knowing that was where my anointing was, and that's where God wanted me. Not in my own strength, because I'd thought about it all. I wanted to do it, but it's where he led me. And I just feel there might be some of you here who are in that waiting place. What does God want me to do? But do you know what? He is getting you ready. He is soaking you so he can sharpen you and use you for his purposes. It's not easy, but just be ready for the sharpening. Amen? So that's that little bit. So now... Um, 
we've been open since March 2022. It is, I think it's quite remarkable, I have to say. It's just the way that I've seen God move, the way that the team has come together. We have a wonderful group of volunteers and they've grown, they've changed, we come together. A great place to connect. So if you're looking at how do I connect into the church, I tell you what, come onto the rotor, join us. We're pretty, pretty good, actually, as a team. Everybody's lovely. Um, might not be for you. That's fine. We don't sort of chain you to the kitchen sink or the till yet. So if you're looking at how to connect, it's one of the ways you can. So this is what's going on in that little area outside. We have a space, a safe space art group that's run by Di. She's part of a congregation. That was part of her vision, to work with adults and help them. It's not necessarily because it's art, but because it's a place to come and reduce isolation. We have Stay and Play on a Thursday, which Evelyn has given up part of her full-time job because that's the vision that God's put on her heart to be doing. To work with parents and grandparents and carers to actually come and help the parents and the child communicate. And it's like, wow, what is God doing? He's putting together a place for the community. Um, we've got the Creative Cafe here on a Friday. That's run by an outside organisation. Lovely lady. She used to come to Revive um, when it was open before. And she's now getting referrals from mine for people to come in and just help with their isolation. To actually come in and just make friends, just be with people. Um, the NHS runs a memory cafe in, that, in the um, community room various times. It's by referral, but they just love holding it here because with the area outside, people can come in, they can either stay for some food or they can chat to other people in a similar situation. They can have an hour and a half, two hours, not having to worry about the person they're looking after and they love the atmosphere. Um, what else have we got? Great team of volunteers. We had, um, we had a challenge this week. Anne-Marie helps on a Tuesday and was doing coffee. I'm going to worry now. And somebody said, where's our sprinkles? We have sprinkles in a heart shape. And over there we have our barista on a Friday who's been doing wonderful heart-shaped sprinkles. So now there is, in fact, a little bit of a competition and a little bit of a level that we have to keep up that on a Friday. But, you know, you've really grown. You've come in. You've, you've really, this is what's so great about it. We see people come in, those in the kingdom and those who aren't yet in the kingdom, and they are growing. They are encountering God. And that is the whole thing that it's about. People so often come in, and it's not about me, but it's about us. And they say it's such a place of peace, it's so calming, really sense the love here. That is the people, not the place. When um, JP was sharing, he said about this is a house of prayer. And I think when we were up at the vision, the first Sunday on the vision, there used to be a plaque on the top that said, we are a house of praise. Amen. Prayer and outreach. That has not changed the plaque is not there, but the anointing on this church is still here. Because that's God's will. That's God's plan. That's God's purposes. Amen.
Let's have a bigger amen for that. Amen. Woo-woo. Nearly finished on this section. Um, we recently had some funding that we were expecting and didn't get it, but you know, our help comes from God. It's not based on what man does or offers or doesn't. So we're looking at getting a lift installed so we can offer more space for people. So that's all going to try and go ahead if we can get the funding. If you've got an odd 30,000 lying around, please feel free to donate it. There we go. Just drop that one in. Um, nearly finished. Okay. When I initially took it on, I was really, really driven to just see people come in, come in on a Sunday, and then get saved. That was sort of, that, 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 that's what it was going to be. That's what it's going to be. Do you know what? No. God took all that sense of duty of what I was expected to do, what had to happen. And do you know what? We're just called to love. Unconditional love. But I've started looking at people as pre-believers, not unbelievers. That labels people that it's never going to happen. I was an unbeliever. No, I was a pre-believer. Didn't know it. Didn't really go to church. I'd been there. But I start looking at people as pre-believers, and we're just part of their journey. Okay, so just that change in mindset really helped me. We have to pray. I have to pray, what does God want us to be doing? Sometimes it's put a sail up and see. Is it going to get blown? Is it going to do something? Or is it just, sometimes it's like that. But it's God that's in control. And he has an amazing plan to use this church to demonstrate his glory. And I think that there are people here that God has given you promises. He's given you dreams. He's given you visions of things to do in the past. And you've shelved them. We had COVID. Shelved them. We've come back out of COVID. Things have changed. You've changed. Shelved them. But you know what God says? It's time to pick them off the shelf, dust them off, and actually get into what God wants you to do. Because I know there is so much more. I'm just like a little person putting a jigsaw together, and God's bringing the pieces. And that's what he told me to be. I don't have to do it all. <sighs> that's good, isn't it? Otherwise, you wouldn't get very far. So if you're one of those people... Think about it, pray about it, get back that vision, get back that passion for reaching people that God has given you. And if you haven't got one yet, do you know what? He's going to give you one. I often hear that um, so many times recently with conversations, I don't know what I'd do without God. I don't know where I'd be without Jesus. And that's challenged me because we know Jesus he is the peace in my troubled sea. He is the light in my darkness. He is my refuge. He's my security. What are we doing to help and tell others about him? In these days, just a little challenge there. How do people manage? Are we helping them enough? Are we signposting them to God? Finally, in James 2.17, it says, we are saved only by faith. Not my works, not our works. 
nothing I do, nothing can bring me into that relationship with God other than Jesus. But it's that faith in him that brings me into his company, into that relationship. But it's also that faith that produces good works. It's that faith, that love, that passion that drives the good works to let people know. Not for me to earn my way to heaven, but it's because of the goodness of God and to let other people know. So I believe that God's going to extend his kingdom. I think he's going to soak us and he's going to sharpen us. So watch out for that bit. Okay, yes. I just saw Sarah go, ooh, yes. But actually, how more effective can we be if we're sharp? Amen. I'm going to pass back to Tony now. Leslie. So Leslie talked about putting up our sails and seeing how God fills it, and where it'll take us as a result. And I'm just going to read something. Uh, you may pick up who it is as I read it, just to see if you can work out who this person is that we're talking about. Some years ago, a 21-year-old music college student took the cheapest ship she could find calling the greatest number of countries and prayed to know where to disembark. She arrived in Hong Kong in 1966 and came to a place called the Wall City. I guess some of you now probably recognise who I'm talking about. It was a small, densely populated, lawless area controlled by neither by China nor Hong Kong. It was a high-rise slum for drug addicts, gangs and sex workers. And this is what she wrote. I love this dark place. It was, uh, I hated what was happening in it, but I wanted to be nowhere else. It was almost as if I could already see another city in its place, and the city, that city was ablaze with light. It was my dream. There was no more crying, no more death or pain. The sick were healed, addicts set free, the hungry filled. There were families for orphans, home for the homeless, and new dignity for those who had lived in shame. I had no idea of how to bring this about. But with visionary zeal, imagined introducing the walled city people to the one who could change it all, Jesus. Jackie Pullinger has spent over half a century working with heroin addicts, gang members and sex workers. And in a talk she gave once, she began by saying this. God wants us to have soft hearts and hard feet. So if we're going to be the hands and feet of Jesus, we need to recognise that our feet are going to be hard because it's tough sometimes to, to travel, to go out beyond, to go on a path that maybe is a little difficult. But that's what we're called to do. The thing is, though, when I hear that, I don't know about you, but I go, <laughs> I can't do that. Do you, do you feel the same? It's not me. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't have done that. So rather than spur me on to say, yes, I'm going to be the guy that can do the same thing, I'm thinking, oh, no, that's not me. We've got an evangelism team that, you know, JP mentioned. I think yesterday we were in Ross. 
went out to Ross, yeah? So yesterday they're in Ross, and they've been to Lempster, and they've been in Hereford, and they're out there, and they're, they're preaching the gospel, they're, they're talking to people about Jesus, they're, they're out there doing it on the, the coal face, as it were. And I go, that's just not me. But it's these guys, and it's you, because I know you do it. And I know there are others of you where you say, that's my core. That's where I reach. That's what I do. And that's brilliant. But for a lot of us, I guess it's going out on the streets, talking to people I don't know. It's not me. And that's fine, because God equips us. But there are many ways we can be the hands and feet of Jesus. There are many ways. That's one of them. But it's not the only way. Leslie's already shared some of the ways that, in a way, we are the hands and feet of Jesus through people who walk through that cafe door. The number of people that say, we only had it the other day, Friday I think it was, a couple of ladies were sitting there and they said, we just love this place because it's so peaceful. Well, what's that all about? Because on a Wednesday and a Thursday, there are kids running a mock. You know, elephants upstairs. But people, there is something about the place. There's a peace. What's that all about? Why do people say about this cafe? And they do. There is something about the atmosphere. I believe it's because the volunteers we have the heart of people to serve is what makes a difference. And it's because of what they carry and it's because of who they carry that makes the difference. You see, we need to reach people the same way Jesus did. Yeah? He reached people in, no, in, in a way that no other person ever had before. When he walked in Jerusalem, in Judea, through Samaria, because he did all those. When he touched people, he touched people in a way that people had never been touched before. Why? And the reason was he carried the kingdom. He carried the kingdom. The kingdom of God was in him. He said, the kingdom of God is near. Well, yeah, it was standing right next to him. Because he carried the kingdom. He was a human, and we mustn't forget this. I've said it before, a few weeks ago when I was sharing. We have to remember that Jesus was a man, fully man. He wasn't, I'm God, but I'll hide behind a man's skin. He was fully man. So when they met him... It was by his spirit, the spirit of God, the kingdom that he carried within him because of his relationship with God the Father, the King, the people met something they'd never met before. And if we want to be the same, we need to carry the kingdom. There are some fantastic organisations out there who do amazing outreach work. 
but they don't carry the kingdom. And so when they bring hope, they bring hope that's based on them and what they do. And that hope doesn't last, unfortunately. It's a hope in man. When we come and we reach out to people, if we are carrying the kingdom, if we are filled with the spirit, then we confront people with a hope that is eternal. It is a hope that changes their life completely, that no other hope will do. And so our reach has to be based on the fact that we are God-centered. Can we see why it all has to connect? We have to be God-centered because otherwise we're reaching out in our own strength. People are meeting, you know, people meet me. That's all right. I mean, Leslie met me before I knew Jesus and she was quite happy with it. But it's not me they need to meet now. It's God within me. It's the spirit of God. It's the kingdom of God. It's, what is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? It means when we reach out to people in whatever place you are doing it, on the gates of the school, in your workplace, wherever you are, in the spa, on the golf course, it doesn't matter where you are because when you reach people with the kingdom, You're reaching them with righteousness, peace, and joy. Righteousness. Right standing with God. What's that? Salvation. Recognition that you can come out of one kingdom into another kingdom. That is kingdom authority. That is kingdom power. That is what we bring when we reach people with the kingdom. Peace. People often say, why is it so peaceful in there? Because the people that they are re- who are reaching them carry the peace of God within them. It is not to do with any other sort of beautiful atmosphere, ethereal music. It's because there's a peace within us that they can lay hold of. A peace that they need in their lives. This world is in such turmoil, but there is peace because we carry that peace. And joy. Oh, come on, joy. If we can't smile every day, then there's something wrong. We can bring the joy of the Lord that knows no bound. Not because of our circumstances, no matter how bad our circumstances might be. There is a joy that comes from within because it dwells up within us. Because we know where we're going. We know where our hope is. And it's secure. That's what we bring. So when we reach, we need to reach the way Jesus reached. Amen? That's what changes lives. And that's my encouragement for us this morning. I'm not going to give you a list of how to do it. Because every single one of you, God's called to do something different. So I'm not going to stand here and say, well, you could do this, you could do this, you could go there, you could join this group, you could do that. God has called every one of you into whatever situation you're in to reach the people that you can touch. But you've got to touch them with the kingdom. That's the challenge. 
And so it means connecting with God the whole time. It means praying. It means reading your Bible. It means having a relationship with God that can then, when you go out and start talking to people, there is a, whoa, there's something different about you. (laughs) Yes. Uh, No, I know Jesus. That's what's different. We are called to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Hallelujah. Ooh, got carried away then. Okay. Just want to bring a couple of is it challenges for all of us. This is for me included, for us included. We're called to be witnesses as we reach. You can only be a witness to something when you've witnessed it. Sounds, sounds obvious, doesn't it? What are we to be witnesses of? We are to be witnesses of the work of Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit and God the Father in my life. That's the witness I have. It's the only witness I have. I mean, yes, okay, I can witness about the fact that I saw someone healed and I've, I've seen many healings and I've seen lives turned around and I can talk about those things. But actually the witness that we are supposed to bring is the witness of God working in my life. That'll only happen if God is working in my life. God-centred, connect, grow. Can you not see? Yeah. God's got to be working in my life. The testimony we need is a testimony of This is what God did in that situation. This is how God helped me heal. Because one day, someday, you're going to have a story. And you're going to be speaking to someone. And they say, let me tell you what God did about that for me. And that brings faith. And that brings hope. And that brings peace and righteousness and joy. Because that's what you're doing. You're bringing in the kingdom. And I believe for some of us, it's time we have a new testimony. That we get a new story. And I'm talking for us as well. You know, I can, re- I can recount lots of stories of what God has done to my life and in my life and in Leslie's life and in our marriage and, and in all and our children and all the things and circumstances over the years. But in a sense, that's an old story. I want new stories. I want stories of, what, of, of God working in my life now. Because these are the stories that are fresh, that will come and that will change people and that will impact people, I believe. And I believe for some of you, it's time to get a new story. Okay, God just said, gave me that challenge. It's time to get a new story, a new testimony of God working fresh, of God working new in your life today, tomorrow. There was a redeemer. No, 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 hold on. No, there is a redeemer. It's today that God wants to do work in our lives. That's the first thing, is, is, is that, it's a testimony. And the second thing, I was looking at, I was at the back there looking, and I saw the rucksack, which we have used as the icon for reach. And again, I believe God just put in my heart to say a little challenge, and that was that for some of you, it's time to fill your rucksack and get it ready again. Okay? It's time to get it ready. I'm talking about your spiritual rucksack. It could be the real one. I don't know. It could be, you know, 
But I believe that for some of you, it's time to fill and get your rucksack ready because God is going to call you to go. Now, I don't know where, I don't know how, I don't know what. All I know is that's what he said. And if that resonates with you, fantastic. Okay? What you fill your rucksack with, well, that only God knows what you need to have. God will equip you, remember? So God equips us. Let's put it in there, get it ready. Let's be ready for when God says, okay, there you go. That's where you need to be. That's who you need to speak to. That's who you're reaching. That's how you're doing it. Amen? Amen. Can we stand? Can you join me and stand? I'm just going to pray. I want us to pray. If I'm finished, but God hasn't. Okay? God wants to, you know, those are challenges from God. God's, God's going to do, in a sense, he's going to, going to give us what we need to do that. Okay, and I, and I just want us to, in a sense, respond to um, those challenges, but also just to f- afresh give ourselves again and say, yeah, Lord, we want to be those that reach out to others. Help us to carry the kingdom. Father God, that's my heart. And I believe, it, I believe it's the heart of many, if not all of us here. We want to be those that reach more. We want to be those that um, faithfully, faithfully um, walk around as witnesses of you as you work in our lives. And so we say, Lord, we want a fresh testimony, a fresh story of you at work. And therefore, we want to be open to you. Wherever we are, whether we're stay-at-homers, whether we're out-at-workers, whether we are um, community uh, people, whether we're, we're, wherever we are, Lord, Father God, we want to be open to you. We say, Lord, come, Holy Spirit, move afresh in our lives. We want to put up our sails again in faith. In faith, we put up our sails right now. We say, Lord, blow where you will blow. And if there's no wind to blow, it's because you want us to be still where we are. Lord, will you help us to see whether we need to be still and wait or whether we need to move and then blow, Lord. Be that pen of a ready writer and write afresh in our hearts, Lord. Oh, Father, let us be the hands and feet of Jesus. What a a privilege. What a privilege that we are those that are called to be and represent the hands and feet of Jesus on this world, in this world, on this earth, right now. Help us to do it. Help us to do it, Lord. Equip us. Fill our rucksack. Thank you, Father. Wow, you are such a good God. We love you so much. Amen.